Thanks for joining us. Coming up, the House voting on a Republican bill to raise the U.S. debt limit today. What are lawmakers saying, and does the bill have any chance to pass? Disney suing Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, escalating the conflict to new heights. The company just had its special taxing powers revoked. Both Microsoft and Google had a heavy emphasis on artificial intelligence in their earnings call Tuesday. We take a closer look at how the companies are using AI. The Chinese yuan became the most widely used currency for cross-border transactions in China last month. Is this the beginning of the end for the U.S. dollar? That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Good to have you with us. Don Ma here. Stock market ended mixed today. The tech-heavy Nasdaq outperformed other major indexes after strong Microsoft results boosted the tech sector. But the S&P and the Dow were dragged down by transport stocks due to ongoing recession fears. The Dow lost 229 points, or 0.7%. S&P fell 16 points, or 0.4%. And the Nasdaq rose 55 points, or half a percent. Top news today, the debt limit showdown in Congress. The House voting on a Republican-sponsored debt ceiling bill today. The bill would add less debt than planned by the Biden administration. However, in order to do so, Congress would strip funding from Democrats' key priorities. If Joe Biden won't lead, House Republicans will. And that's why you will see us pass a bill this week to address the debt ceiling, but also at the same time to address the spending problem that brought us to this moment. The bill would raise the nation's $31 trillion cap by $1.5 trillion, less than Democrats wanted. It would also limit future spending, reinstate work requirements for some SNAP and Medicaid recipients, and rescind green energy tax cuts, among other things. However, almost all Republicans have to get behind the bill in order for it to pass the House. Yeah, I'm a hard no. I, I just can't get past $32 trillion in debt. Uh, people in Tennessee work too hard, and, uh, and they manage their money, and we just do a terrible job of it here. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says it would be dead on arrival in the Senate. And even if the bill passes, President Biden has already said he's going to veto it. Biden says no strings should be attached to raising the debt limit. Happy to meet with McCarthy, but not on whether or not the debt limit gets extended. That's not negotiable. McCarthy is hoping the House will pass the legislation this week. While it won't likely advance beyond that, it would still serve as a starting point for negotiations with the White House. Meanwhile, the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office says McCarthy's plan would save $4.8 trillion over the next decade. The CBO presented its finding to House Budget Chairman Jody Arrington Tuesday. Besides what we mentioned earlier, McCarthy's plan would also roll back domestic and non-defense spending to 2022 levels and would limit spending going forward to 1% a year. The proposal would also roll back parts of the Inflation Reduction Act, which was one of President Biden's signature legislative achievements. And it's likely the U.S. could default on its debt as soon as June. That's according to a trio of new analyses. The Treasury Department is counting on an infusion of funds from taxes. But tax receipts are running much weaker than expected so far. If collections are enough to keep the coffers flush through early June, it's likely the government won't default until much later in the summer. 
That's because another round of tax payments are due on June 15th. Now, in Florida, conflicts between Governor Ron DeSantis and Disney is now reaching another level. The House of Mouse announced a lawsuit against the governor today. In a federal lawsuit filed on Wednesday, Disney accused Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and his hand-picked oversight board of weaponizing their political power to punish the company. The lawsuit came minutes after the oversight board voted to nullify an agreement Disney had struck with its previous board in February. The vote essentially took away self-governing powers from Disney. The entertainment giant said in the lawsuit, Disney finds itself in this regrettable position because it expressed a viewpoint the governor and his allies did not like. In America, the government cannot punish you for speaking your mind. The House of Mouse is asking the court to nullify two new laws that restructured its special taxing district, arguing that DeSantis violated the company's First Amendment rights. DeSantis's office reacted to the lawsuit, saying, This lawsuit is yet another unfortunate example of their hope to undermine the will of the Florida voters and operate outside the bounds of the law. The conflict between Disney and the DeSantis administration began last year when Disney spoke out against Florida's parental rights bill. Florida lawmakers voted to strip Disney of its special taxing district and replace it with a board appointed by the governor. But Disney struck a last-minute deal with its previous board to retain most of its powers. The Florida governor is currently on a trip to Japan, where he met with top officials to discuss business opportunities. It's a move some say gears him up for a potential run for president. Reporting by Allison Lee, NTD News. Shares of beleaguered First Republic Bank plunged to another record low today. After a report said the U.S. government was unwilling to help save the troubled lender. CNBC Today reported that U.S. government officials were currently unwilling to intervene in First Republic's rescue process. Reuters sources have said the bank is looking at several options, like selling assets or creating what's known as a bad bank. It's a crisis type of method of isolating financial assets that have problems. According to CNBC, First Republic's advisors have already lined up potential purchasers of new stock in the lender if they can fix the bank's balance sheet. The recent earnings call from Microsoft and Google had a heavy focus on AI. So how are the companies using AI technology and what impact are they anticipating for sales? Here's NTD Sean Marshall. Microsoft and Google parent Alphabet spoke heavily on investments in artificial intelligence in their 2023 quarter one earnings calls. Both are spending billions on AI research, but they didn't say when or if they would start breaking out any sales, costs, or profits from the technology. Let's take a look at how the two companies are deploying AI. First up, Alphabet. They're deploying self-driving cars, personalizing advertising, creating new healthcare applications, and improving Google Cloud services. We already have AI in a lot of what we do, for example, in the way we operate and run the finance organization. It's helpful in a lot of the analytics that we use. And one of the exciting things for us is the opportunity then to share that with cloud customers. As for Microsoft's AI investments, They're improving security software, personalizing customer experience, developing new productivity tools, and enhancing cloud computing. Microsoft Azure revenue grew 46% year over year. Our Azure OpenAI service brings together advanced models, including ChatGPT and GPT-4, with the enterprise capabilities of Azure. 
From Coursera and Grammarly to Mercedes-Benz and Shell, we now have more than 2,500 Azure OpenAI service customers up 10x quarter over quarter. The term AI has been used nearly twice as frequently in conference calls of S&P 500 companies as it was in the previous quarter, a Reuters analysis showed. Google used the term 52 times on its first quarter call on Tuesday, up from 45 in the fourth quarter last year. And Microsoft said it 36 times versus 20, not including references to its partner OpenAI. Sean Marshall, NTD News. South Korean President Yoon Suk-yeol says his country's alliance with the U.S. must leap into a new phase. He said new challenges and the economic slowdown was unsettling the investment environment. He added the two nations were the ideal partners for friend-shoring, a reference to a U.S.-led process of reducing dependence on China for key goods and materials, despite making no mention of China by name, however. South Korea so far has secured nearly $6 billion in investments by U.S. firms. Yoon further added that core technologies from both countries' manufacturing capabilities will create enormous synergies that will benefit the two countries. Yoon is accompanied by more than 100 executives from South Korea's big companies, including Samsung and Hyundai Motor Group. Two British-based tobacco companies that allegedly sold their products to North Korea have reached a settlement with the Justice Department. British American Tobacco and its subsidiary, Bat Marketing Singapore, will pay the United States more than $600 million for violating sanctions against North Korea. British American Tobacco owns Lucky Strike, Dunhill, and other cigarette brands. The Justice Department also filed criminal charges against a North Korean banker and two Chinese nationals. Prosecutors allege the money from the tobacco sales helped fund North Korea's weapons programs. And for the first time in China last month, the yuan surpassed the dollar as the most widely used currency for cross-border transactions. Nearly 50% of all transactions conducted were in yuan. China has been promoting the use of yuan in international trade. This is to increase the global use of its currency. Though, that being said, the yuan's share in global trade remains low. In March, the yuan's share in global trade currency transactions was 4.5%, while the dollar accounted for more than 83%. Joining me is Daniel Ducina, Director of Investments at Blue Chip Partners. So the yuan overtaking the dollar as the most used currency in cross-border transactions in China. Over half a trillion dollars in March. Do you think this is significant? Well, what I would say is that this theme has been bubbling up behind the scenes even well before the last month or the last two months when it's really gained traction in the broader media. I don't think it's significant for a few different reasons. Number one is because even though the yuan has taken over the, the majority of transactions within China on a cross-border basis, that doesn't necessarily mean that the global impact is as severe. So yes, the yuan as a portion of global financial cross-border transactions doubled last year, but it only went from just over 2% to 4.5%. So in the grand scheme of things, the yuan is still not broadly utilized. And there are a number of factors why I believe that it essentially is unusable on a very large scale, at least for the very foreseeable future. Yeah, let's go into that. What factors are you seeing that it's making it unusable? 
Well, in order to have a currency that is broadly usable in cross-border transactions, you need to have reliance on the stability of the underlying currency. And like it or not, the yuan is controlled by a dictatorship. And given the fact that there can be immense volatility as a result of that, I don't think there's enough confidence in the underlying stability of a currency to be able to broadly use it around the world in cross-border transactions. When you look at, I guess, the global landscape, you have to use something for global cross-border transactions, and that has been the dollar. And I'm going to quote Larry Summers, who is a former Treasury Secretary here in the United States. I just got out of a session with him at the Morningstar Investment Conference here in Chicago. Japan is a nursing home. China is a jail. And given you have to buy something, the stability of the U.S. economy is broadly the default. And yes, I do think there are some tailwinds in terms of change over the next decades to come, given the fact that there is some trends of deglobalization and just an utter lack of desire to be beholden to the U.S. government. That's why you're seeing these tensions kind of bubble up, whether it's uh, from what you've heard from Brazil, Russia, China, um, Saudi Arabia even. But the fact of the matter is the underlying stability of the U.S. dollar is paramount to any currency that's going to be used in cross-border transactions. And a democracy ultimately is going to provide better stability than something that is pegged by one individual, essentially. And talk a little bit on the liquidity aspect when it comes to the U.S. dollar. I mean, the size and liquidity of financial markets in the U.S. and the ease of which foreigners can borrow and invest using the dollar is very important, right? Yeah, and that's, again, one of the major factors that would support you know, the usability of a, a currency for global transactions on an ongoing basis, liquidity is paramount. And so when you have a relatively closed financial system that is much more opaque, like you have in China, compare that to the transparency and I would say globally functioning markets that we have in the United States. Certainly there are puts and takes in terms of the Federal Reserve and their shortcomings and missteps in recent years as arguments against the use of the dollar. But when you stack that up against the lack of transparency that we have in other countries and the utter volatility that you have from some of these other countries that are posing, I would say, a threat to de-dollarization, realistically, again, you have to use something. And the U.S. dollar remains the best option from a liquidity, transparency and stability basis. Thank you very much for talking with me today, Daniel. Pleasure having you on. My pleasure, Dama. Thanks for having me. We'll take a break now, but if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, please email us at business at ntd.com. Still to come, a new research says some sleep aid gummies may contain potentially dangerous amounts of a certain hormone. What's the risk? Capitol Hill holds a big hearing on healthcare costs. America has the highest cost per person in the world. Major industry players talk about how to bring them down. That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. New research shows that some sleep aid gummies may contain potentially dangerous levels of a particular hormone. The journal JAMA published a research letter Tuesday describing how researchers tested 25 products labeled as melatonin gummies at an outside lab. Melatonin is a hormone that helps regulate sleep. 
According to the researchers, 88% of the gummies tested were labeled inaccurately. One of the products actually contained 347% more melatonin than what was listed on the label. An expert says consuming a gummy with extremely high levels of melatonin can be dangerous and will have side effects. The Food and Drug Administration has granted accelerated approval for Biogen's ALS drug, Tofersen. Tofersen is the first medication that targets a genetic cause of ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. It will be sold under the name Qualsodi and is administered through a spinal injection. The FDA said a clinical study showed the drug is likely to offer some benefits to patients. However, the agency is requiring that Biogen continue to test the drug in people to make sure it works. ALS is a rapidly progressive fatal neuromuscular disease that typically leads to paralysis and respiratory failure within three years of symptom onset. There's currently no cure or effective treatment for it. Big health hearing on Capitol Hill today. Major players in the health industry spoke to lawmakers about how to reduce health care costs. The United States spends far more money on health care than any country in the world. The United States healthcare system is extremely complicated, it has numerous components. The manufacturers, for example, middlemen, pharmacies, rebates, hidden contracts, insurers, healthcare programs, vertical horizontal consolidations, and much more. According to Elise Schumann, a healthcare expert from the American Benefits Council, consolidations are the main reason for high hospital costs hospital monopolies that use their market power to demand higher and higher prices. And at the same time, many hospital systems are becoming vertically integrated with physician organizations raising prices. These higher hospital prices are coming without an improvement in the quality of care. In fact, provider consolidation leads to less bang for the buck. Another reason for the high cost is a lack of pricing transparency. Experts overwhelmingly agree that more transparency may lower costs. Transparency was frequently brought up at the hearing. Do you believe that price transparency will put downward pressure on costs? Yes. Price transparency that doesn't expose competitive data to competitors, PBM support. Thank you. Yes. 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 But as you just saw, not everyone fully agreed. The expert who didn't fully agree was Christian Bass. She was at the hearing to represent America's Pharmacy Benefit Managers, or PBMs. These PBMs are the middlemen, the ones who deal with the primary parties, like drug makers, insurers, and employers. They're supposed to negotiate down the drug prices, but experts widely blame them for pushing America's high health care costs up. Lawmaker Kathy McMorris-Rogers asked PBM representative Kristen Bass why she didn't, she didn't give a full yes when asked about transparency. The overwhelming opinion from experts, including CBO, is that price transparency lowers cost. In virtually every other part of our economy, consumers know the price they pay. So just I'd like to hear some more about why you think PBM should be treated specially and not required to be transparent. Thank you for that question. You make those sealed bids so that people will be incented to bid as low as possible to get the business. That's the kind of thing that we're concerned about. We think that if every drug manufacturer knew what the other's best deal was, they wouldn't be as willing to go as deep as they're currently going.
Later, when lawmaker Rogers asked for specific examples where transparency led to higher prices, Bass did not give any. Rogers herself was aware of only one example related to Danish concrete in the 1990s, but she said she's not sure how this example is comparable to American healthcare now. And another big point of contention was work requirements. Many Republicans believe Medicare and or Medicaid access should be tied to work requirements. In other words, able-bodied adults should work in order to maintain their access to health care. The goal is to have them rely less on government assistance. Many states have already implemented this. Meanwhile, Democrats say this prevents people from getting health care. The studies on this are mixed. Lawmakers ask the administrator of the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, Chiquita Brooks-Lashur, about this. Lashur, who is a Biden appointee, expects that people will lose coverage because of work requirements. It's not just people who are subject to the requirements that often get caught up in red tape. It is can often be people who are exempted. So, for example, in Arkansas, what we found is that there was an individual who had health insurance who was working, didn't realize that he needed to fill out the paperwork, lost his job, lost his insurance, had a health condition that made him unable to work. That Those stories replicate across barriers so often. Meanwhile, lawmaker Kathy McMorris Rogers is introducing the Transparent Price Act. The bill would require hospitals and insurers to publish data on prices. Non-compliance could result in fines. Moving on. Summertime is approaching and Americans are planning vacations. But a newly released bank rate report finds that 80% of those who plan to travel are making adjustments due to inflation. That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. Summertime just around the corner, and for a lot of Americans, that means going on a vacation. But a newly released bank trade survey reports that for adults who aren't likely to take one, more than half say they can't afford it. Among them, 62% blame inflation for foregoing a trip. NTD Sandra Thomas reports. Bankrate survey found that 63% of respondents plan to take a summer vacation. 80% of those who are likely to travel are adjusting their plans due to inflation. 29% are seeking more affordable destinations and accommodations compared to 22% last year. More than a quarter of respondents plan to travel for less time, up from 19% last year. So looking for a deal instead of a destination can be helpful. But if you're more flexible, if you say, yeah, I want to go to the beach, but I don't necessarily care what beach, you know, maybe you can be a little more flexible and and take a look around and see where are the hotel prices down, where are the airfares lower, and kind of work backwards. Sky-high prices for airline tickets and flight disruptions are making vacationers think twice about flying. This year, 26% of respondents plan on driving, up from 16% last year. Especially things like airline tickets are super expensive. Actually, a lot of people this year are deciding to drive instead of fly because gas prices have come down, but airline prices are, are still surging. So there, there's a lot of interesting things going on here. Bankrate found last year that only a third of Americans with paid vacation planned to use all their days off. 
More than a quarter planned to use only half of their paid time off or less. I think it's important. I think sometimes people have the nose to the grindstone and they feel like they can't take time off and then they just get kind of burned out. So I actually think that you'll be a better employee, a better family member, better friend, you know, if you take some time and relax. Whether you're traveling to Bora Bora or making a day trip to somewhere close, take advantage of your PTO. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. The Wyoming Office of the National Weather Service captured some amazing pictures of the Aurora Borealis. Take a look. I mean, just look at those bright purple and green colors. It looks amazing. Pictures were taken by the Wyoming NWS office in Rivington. A solar storm hit the Earth on Sunday, sparkling auroras on Sunday night. A treat for stargazers, of course. Lights could be seen in 30 states, according to USA Today, even as far south as Arizona. And that's it today from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. If you have any news, tips, or feedback for the show, please email us at business at ntd.com. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow.